Club for video games. I'm your captain, Dan. I'm your first mate, Catherine. And I'm your chief engineer, Charles. Welcome to episode eight. This week we played Sunless Sea. a bit of a rundown what Sunless Sea is all about. Yep. So Sunless Sea is a top-down exploration game where you're the captain of a ship exploring the vast unknown of fallen London, a giant sunken world. The game was released in February 2015, but was recently re-released for iOS. You have to carefully manage your food, fuel, and terror as you find new islands, shipwrecks, and cities to explore. Intricate storylines and backstories for your crew are revealed as you play and die repeatedly as you explore the vast unknown of the Neath. Will you leave a legacy of earless sea captains or will your ship vanish into the depths of the ocean remembered by no one? Fight sea monsters, eat your crew, die repeatedly and never ever look too closely at the Z below. And we're going to get all we're going to get to our stories of the sea of the Z in fact Uh, but first as always we're going to go to our nerd week Charles I know you got a lot of lot on your nerd plate this week how's it going my week was just nerd act and it was wonderful so firstly I'll get it quickly out of the way more destiny tournaments came third out of 24 one another Gave it to a friend for free because I'm just the saint of gaming. Moving I mean, bronze, bronze is pretty good. You know, bronze medalists are well known, bronze just as well gold. known as the golds. But I, <laughs> but I got the loot, and then like my destiny mates are like, "We'll bid off for it," and they were like willing to throw a hundred plus dollars at this thing, and I'm like, oh, "I just gave it to my mate." They weren't impressed by that, uh, but that was fun. So, 40k Eighth Edition has of course come out, uh, and I talked about it briefly last week that I was going to be at a midnight release in the future when recording in the past when heard, and I did go to that midnight release, and it was all right. Uh, but either way, I got my hands on the goodies. I've read through it. I've played a few games. Went to a bit of a casual event today with a few games, and I'm really impressed with it so far. Uh, so, if you've ever been turned off by 40k because it looked too complicated, uh, have another look. That at is the not the reason why I am turned off by 40k. <laughs> <laughs> too. Complicated is you have, not the reason. Because you have no imagination or creative skill. I'm going to say boobs. I mean, <laughs> yeah. anyway, that might be maybe hey, stereotyping 40K. Stereotyping 40K some more. I think there might be plenty of boobs in uh, <laughs> in the 40K True. players. Um, yep. they, yeah, that's uh, a good point. The Dark Elf, Dark Elf, Dark Elder Witches, like Ooh. they've got them all out and life's well, great. Uh, look, some of the players there today were a bit rough. Uh, on the the larger side, but look, you know what? We're all just there to have a good time, play some forty k. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, this is yeah. me. This is a nerd criticizing <laughs> other nerds. So it's basically yeah. me trying to pick on those weaker than myself. <laughs> it's the nerd hierarchy, right? It's totally yeah. thing. We like to think it's not. We like to think we're all inclusive as a nerd bunch, and we've all faced, you know, the the prejudices. Prejudices, yeah. So we should be nice to each other, but we're not. Humans are cruel. I'm moderately nice. Of existence. Moderately nice. No matter <laughs> yeah, what that. your size is, no matter what. Warhammer, you prefer 40k, 30k, 10k. Uh, you're okay in my book. <laughs> Deep. That's uh, it's pretty good. I'll give yeah. you that. <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, cool. Uh, so, other things I did. Uh, so, Dan, Catherine, and I all got together. Uh, I actually managed to get them in a room and force them to read through the rule book of the board game that I'm designing. 
uh, and we absolutely put Very apart. Exciting. Yeah, we spent four hours just smashing it uh, and going over it and making it a lot better and improving things and cutting things. And it was really good. And I really appreciated it. That was It was really interesting to be on the other side of things and kind of not treat games as set in stone because obviously when you play them, it's um you, you don't go, oh, this, I mean, you might go, this rule is stupid, but you wouldn't go, oh, it should be minus five points. Um, but it, it was interesting to be playing something and kind of see it changing dramatically as you played. Mm. How did it you definitely opened my eyes on, uh, on tabletopping and just spending time in a room with you two, I think, <laughs> was an arduous we journey. We actually had not met before. <laughs> of itself. Um, but no, it was good to try a hand in new things, and, and we're in a renaissance of tabletop games. Uh, so it's it's nice to be able to try and dive under the hood and, and see what you can tinker with and, and create under your own power. It's almost like kind of a natural progression. I mean, at some point you're like, I really enjoy games. There's not quite what I want to play out there, so I might just make it myself and see what happens. But it's certainly mm. more difficult than I gave it credit for, um, and I haven't even got into the balancing yet, so we'll see how I go. And that yeah. is my Nerd Week. Over to you, Dan. Excellent. Uh, apart from, you know, hanging out with Charles, which I do not consider part of my nerd week, um, I have been playing a lot of PUBG. So that's Player Unknown Battlegrounds. I'm so uh, jealous. Charles mentioned it. I wish it my computer earlier. was good enough. Yeah, Let Charles me know if mentioned it, comes it to in iPad. an earlier episode. It's um, <laughs> super popular. It's been staying at the top of the Steam charts, uh, sales charts for many a week, it, despite the fact that it's not on sale. Uh, I know, usually, I love that, right? That's when you know it's real good. Um, yeah. Maybe one day we'll get to play it as a team. It is a shooting game that's third person but can be played first person as well. You're on a big island and uh, you parachute in and there's sort of a ring that gets smaller and smaller, forcing everyone closer and it's sort of a last man standing sort of thing. Uh, I'm pretty bad at shooting games. I was about games. to say, what are your, what's your winner-winner chicken dinner ratio like, Dan? Yeah, I haven't, Zero to- <laughs> I haven't won a game yet. Emma, uh, Emma and I played a duo and we came uh, in the... We were like the third team. That's pretty um, good. So in the top six, which is nice. Um, apart After from that, four. yeah, it hasn't been great. <laughs> it hasn't been a super great experience. Do you think Emma is actually the really good gamer? I think so. <laughs> she's the only one with, with solid numbers of kills on her stat account. Yeah, uh, it's because she's modless, I guess. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, I tend to run them over in my car, and then she'll hop out of the car and gun them down to steal my kill. That <laughs> was like a lovely couples game. I've also been watching sort of lots of streamers who play that live on Twitch, and I just feel like I don't have the bro gamer attitude to be good at shooting games. Almost all of them seem to or be exclusively. Set. There is you know, a skill set. I mean, I think well. the skill set comes with the bro. You got to like, train it. Yeah, you got to do that. Oh, hey, bro, we're going over here. Yeah, um, they've played a lot of Call of Duty, so. Yeah, I don't think I'm ready for that. So no, <laughs> uh, but really enjoying it, and that's uh, that's pretty much my nerd week. Cool. Um, so my nerd week, I mean, it's kind of peripheral nerd week, but I've actually I've had a lot of work deadlines. Strangely, um, so you know, been a little bit pedal to the metal in terms of writing. Um, but one of the funner bits that was for one of my deadlines was I had to do a bit of research into kind of old school seventy styles magic. So. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of dusty textbooks that I had to go get my dad to kind of find in his attic <laughs> and his old tarot cards and things. So, yeah, I mean, it's not so much nerd week, but it's definitely not a normal thing to be researching, I guess. So, um, I just want to clarify for our, yeah. ris- for our listeners, not Magic the Gathering. Like, this is yeah. actual <laughs> Alistair Crowley kind of Yeah, like magic. burn your hair and, and grind someone's teeth type magic. Um 
So what, what yeah, did you find? What was the most interesting magic thing that you found? Um, I don't know. It's just oh, I think I think it's more that there's so many different schools. Like you kind of think of magic as one big uh, entity almost. Like oh, if someone's a witch, what does that mean? Or someone's you know uh, Wiccan or whatever. And in reality, it's like there's so it's constantly morphing and changing. Um, and the representation that you kind of see on film and things is often just it's 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 like when you watch someone um hacking on like ncis or law and order <laughs> and something and it's like you know they're sharing the keyboard and like you know just oh no we have to shut the the hole in the internet before the russians get in and you're like what <laughs> um i guess it's kind of realizing that a lot of the stuff you see that deal with that deals with magic is similarly incredibly inaccurate, um, and that there's there's definitely room to write something that you know, if you watched it and you actually practiced, you were like, "Cool, this is this is this feels like what I do," you know, on a Friday. <laughs> I want to curse as, my boss. As you do, that sounds like a really um, wide audience. So. Well, I've been I've been listening to a lot of podcasts of people that you know the podcasts probably have like five hundred listeners or like like they're they're kind of they're a solid user base but they're definitely specialized and it's people that are you know legitimately talking and saying like you know I was having real trouble with my boss at work so I cursed them and you're like what like <laughs> and just and it's completely being played straight like they it they believe it and it's it's just well, this it's, fascinating it's world no different so, religion. Uh, we can't judge that, yeah. and not judge no, exactly. religion. No, exactly, so, and, and it is yeah. a religion. So it's 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 a lot of these people are pagan or Wiccan, yeah. um, and and really, and that's and, just their uh, form of prayer. Yeah, and a lot of the things they, I mean, like the curse thing is extreme. But most of what they were saying was that they would never do that, or they would do it like if someone had really wronged them, like once in their lifetime type thing. Mm. Um, and most of it was about being, you know, respectful and being kind of aware of yourself and of others, and and just stuff that actually you know is about part of being a good human so <laughs> it was it was super interesting yeah, well, I and, don't have yeah, time not necessarily that, nerdy so. but definitely weird <laughs> yeah yeah we'll say it counts yeah. did yeah, sure. were you able to find out from these podcasts about magic if there's a special spell that gets you more subscribers on itunes or? <laughs> i did not i did not <sighs> I'm sure Catherine. I can do a spell up. They, they I'll do that. a sweet curse you Catherine <laughs> <laughs> But I think we'll, yeah, we'll you, sacrifice you, a chicken later and I know, spread its blood around, and we'll see if that. That's helps. black magic, Charles. That's mm. that's not magic. I yeah. should be doing. Uh, that's how I roll. So. Yeah, Charles is renegade, <laughs> renegade for life. I think in the Mass <laughs> Effect, uh, good and evil. Well, we finished up our nerd week, uh, so we're going to head right on into news. If you've been living under a rock, you may not have heard that Nintendo announced the Super Nintendo mini classic yeah, i think i think even the rock people would have heard of yeah. that because it's amazing and it's exciting news <laughs> even well, the rock people <laughs> they're I, like man I, I better line up for that <laughs> <laughs> well i think it's exciting kind of uh there's there's already people going crazy pre-ordering uh, you know talk of shortages nintendo is is notorious for not having enough hardware out there that people want right. like the switch so the, the nest Classic so the, the Amiibos. Uh, I don't. No, it's a hundred percent deliberate. You you do what? that stuff As so company, you can say that it's sold no. out. Yes, no, they do that your, with iPhones. No. Yep, they do, Charles. Yeah, well, I trust Apple I'm, to do it because they're the most evil company in the world. If you, but if you I think don't they don't think have Mario shortages deliberately, you are so naive. 
not with their main console system. Yep. They want to say that it's sold out and have people waiting hysterically for it because the, the person <laughs> that waits in line and can't get it is still buying a Switch. They just want it that much more. Now it's it's weird news. though because yeah. they did this with the NES Classic and I think that came with about 30 games and it was super popular, sold out, scalpers started buying, you know, fucking Selling truck- for three, $400, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. they're not seeing any of that second retail money. Yeah, but those scalpers are such a tiny percentage and most are just people going, oh my God, next time I better, you know, buy it at its full cost price as soon as it comes out. Like, yeah, it maybe. Is, it, it is a like, it is 100% of retail strategy. <laughs> they do it with phones. They do it with consoles. They want it to be like they, with iPhones, they deliberately ship low amounts to a store so that all the people that pre-order and then a few people on the line can get it. But they want it to be that you can't walk in off the street and get the iPhone, you know, ten or whatever. In in um, week one, yes, but they yeah. they are still producing them, and you will be able to oh, get yeah. it a couple of weeks later. Nintendo yeah. went, you know what? The NES Mini Classic is selling so well, we're going to stop making them and just not make any more. And just not make any more. That's it. They just didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, which is which is bizarre, and the, and the SNES I believe <laughs> is going to be similar. I think the only real thing that's exciting about this is Star Fox Two, which was unreleased, and they sort of revamped yeah, it and put right. it on this uh, on Ooh. this. It's not even a cartridge cool. because twenty one of these games are preloaded. Yep, yeah, yeah. Uh, essentially, it's a tiny emulator which you could create with a Raspberry Pi. Uh, yeah. and, and load a, a SNES emulator on there. Yeah, here's the fascinating thing. So, like, you could do that and it would cost you, I don't know, 20 bucks, $25, but it obviously wouldn't look like a tiny SNES classic. Mm. So, you've got to ask why are people buying these systems? And it's not for the games because they could play them on their computer right now at this exact moment. Yeah, um, it's nostalgia. It's just for the nostalgia factor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I you think, can have it um, on your shelf and then, you know, when you yeah. a special someone comes over, they go, oh, wow, you've got the SNES <laughs> classic? <laughs> Let's play Star Fox 2. Let's play Star Fox 2. That happens to me all the time. Every day. Donkey Kong Country 2? Yes. Well, it doesn't happen now because I don't have one like an idiot. Um, But maybe one day Um, it will. I mean, that actually ties in with my news item, which was about um, the Sega Forever uh, release onto mobile. So um, a similar kind of situation where there's um, a whole bunch of the old Sega games are being released for iOS and Android. Um, and just kind of looking at it and going like, wow, they would have had the tech to do this years ago. Why is this happening now? And I, I think for me, and it, it ties in with the release of the, the SNES classic and things, it's, um, it's that the people that have buying power are now people that were playing video games in the nineties. It's between the ages yeah. of, you know, yeah. 25 and circle. 35. Yeah. Mm. Like, like these are not things you're not buying these things to have the latest console you're buying it because you were playing it when you were 10 um and yeah it's just weird to realize that you know there are people now that are playing video games and spending lots of money on video games that have kids um and have like kind of old kids (laughs) um Mm. and would want to make sure that they're also gamers um and weirdly show them maybe some of their heritage (laughs) Yeah, well, the kids so it's, just not yeah. interested. It's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's retro. Yeah, it's like that TV show. I don't know, a TV show where the the guy gets his old cricket bat out or his old sports thing and shares it with their child. But video I guess such style. a sport have a <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I think we're a bit out of our depth here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's bring it back. Well, let's no, bring like, it back. But there, yeah, there it, was... it is. It's the showing them what it yeah. was like in my day, but with video games. But it's, I remember reading um old movies, reading about like old movies. 
a guy that basically wanted to be like old video games were better. And he basically did a social experiment on his son where he got his son to play through like, like start out with games that were the super hard games that came on the console in like 1994 and like you died instantly and it took hours to get past one level type thing. Yeah. And, and, and he slowly worked him through games and this boy became this amazing gamer that found modern games incredibly easy because obviously modern Mm. games are a lot less, you know, it's a lot more save points. They're a lot more forgiving. If a game is really hard, like Super Meat Boy, that's actually part of the marketing, that it's as hard as older games. And at the end of it, this kid was like, you know, 10 or something. And it was fucking amazing at playing video games compared to other 10-year-olds his age. But I just looked at that and was like, the point? <laughs> that sounds like, like a really dark social experiment. Like, um, like Yeah, like games yeah. are easier. Why is that a bad thing? Like games used to be, it's, I remember it's more accessible. crying because of Commander Keen. <laughs> just crying. It was a design so point as thing. well. Yeah. yeah. yeah the, the nostalgia thing's interesting because, I mean, they're releasing these games. They're obviously taking design time to do it, engineering time to do it, uh, although it's probably very cheap and very easy for them, nonetheless. Mm, just um, be a port. But, I mean, are these games good? Are they really? Like, you look at, I don't know, the old, the first Mario Kart, and then you look at Mario Kart 8, and you're like, yeah, okay, I get the nostalgia factor, but Mario Kart 8 is a much better game, not just because of graphics, but for many, for many Yeah, there's reasons. a lot of design things that, I mean... You know, it's like with films. Yeah, there are classic films, but you know, if you watch a um a film from the sixties, you can see cuts. Like they'll show they'll show someone leaving an office, walking down the hallway, getting into their car, going to a new building. Like things now that you are not used to seeing in films because the audience gets if someone gets up out of an office and then they're at home, what has happened? Mm. Um, and it's like, yeah, they're classic films. They're obviously part of our, you know, heritage, but we everyone's more literate now and more used to how to watch a film or a show or play a video game. And that means that things have moved on. Like, I, I, I don't know. I'm really tossing up with this whole retro games coming back thing. Cause when it's a game I've played, I love it. Like I'd love command <laughs> Keen to be properly ported onto a console where I could play with a joystick or something. Um, but yeah, it just, it doesn't mean that they're great games necessarily. Mm. They're just, to Classics. be fair, Super yeah. Nintendo was my generation, and the 21 <laughs> games on this list, 20 of them are classics. One of them hasn't even been released. Yeah, the lineup, <laughs> the lineup is so However, good. And I know that. Like, yeah. I look, yeah, there are some notable absences from the SNES list, uh, like No Corona Trigger, although it's been released on 3DS, and a lot of these games I think are available in the Virtual Console on Switch uh, for 7.95 or, or whatever, which is another crazy thing but in the super nintendo lineup is amazing the the sega games you were talking about Catherine, some of them i would say would be great yes. like some of those early sega. Sonic. and i love yes. sonic i love uh, sonic sonic I to me was sonic. so utterly forgettable i don't really? know if i could do sonic without mm. a controller though it just without yeah that tight controls uh, I, yeah i don't think it's worth it getting it on uh, on a on a phone but that's just me It'll be interesting to watch how they execute, I guess, mm. if they haven't already, um, and and judge it from there. Yeah, I mean, I also find it crazy that like these are literally almost the identical games, and it's on our phones, and our phones are probably a <laughs> hundred times more processing power than it needs. Like, well, um, yeah, and that's that's the thing when these new phones come out, and they're like, you know, it has gigabytes of ramming, 
and it's like and and these people are flocking to them and like getting the iPhone seven. And you know what they use it for? They use it for texting. Maybe, maybe yeah. they do some FaceTime. And I'm just like, oh, you people are idiots. But that's I mean, I, the I, point. I use the newer aspects, but I'm a gamer. <laughs> Even then, like your phone from three years ago could play all, all the games that you're playing on your phone, no problem. Oh no, that's not true. Mm. Not for. Like for the newness of iPad, I've like, I'm talking about the iPad that I just I'll give you iPad. Yeah, yeah, iPad's different. Okay, iPad's different. I'm talking about your phone. Candy Crush. Yeah, but with the phone, it's like. It only gets so better with a new phone. I don't know, but there's so many things that aren't the processing power that are why you get a new phone though. Like, you know, speed of internet and battery life and all of that kind of ancillary stuff. But I I mean, I do agree. Yeah, Yeah, so I can whip it out in a bar and ladies can check out my iPhone. Yeah. My Android. (laughs) We had we had someone Galaxy. comment on Emma's Samsung, I think Samsung Galaxy Nine or whatever the newest one is. Uh, yeah. We're at the, the supermarket, and someone was like, "Oh my god, is that that phone?" Uh, and we're just like, "Why are you talking to us?" Yes, it is, but <laughs> please don't talk to me. I don't like people. Yeah, I remember doing that with iPhones though. Like there would be times when you'd have a newer iPhone or like the newest one, and people would literally be like, "Oh, what's that like? Is it good?" But like, I think the last time would have been the iPhone Four. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think hasn't happened for a while. Was that someone talked to him and he doesn't update it? Yeah, yeah, that's mm. fair. Yeah, yeah. Mm. All right, Charles, what was your nerd uh, news? Nerd fair, news. <laughs> fair and healthy. Nerd news. Nerd news. My nerd news uh, was something I read today. Uh, so the Steam sales have been going on, and obviously they've been going crazy, but we don't really get to see the numbers very often, or mm. at least I haven't got viewage of them. You get uh, to see so the th- charts, I found this little but... article uh, really interesting. Yeah, exactly. But you don't you don't see the raw numbers behind it, I guess. So what they've released is uh, essentially the I think it was the designers or the the producers of Rust released the numbers, not Steam themselves, and they they noted that three hundred and twenty nine thousand nine hundred and seventy copies at the time of the article uh, of their game had been refunded on Steam over the sales. Like wow. three hundred thousand copies, which seems huge. It's four point three million dollars of refunds. Uh, just yep. over, like, I don't know, a week period or whatever, which is insane. Mm. And it must have been far more than that since the time of the article. But then they're like, you know, that's huge, but it actually only makes up 6% of the copies they've sold. Mm. So, $4 million is only 6% of what they've sold over these. St- and that's just the Steam sale. Like, I didn't realize the numbers were so insane. And we're talking about Rust yeah. here. Like, I don't know where Rust is on the top of the list, but Rust has been out for years and it's, you know, it's, 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 it's a game it's that's been updated. It's one beta games. Yeah. But yeah. So, it's, like, I mean, okay, so I'm looking at now top sellers. Rust isn't even in the, like, the top, what are it, 16 sellers here. And we're talking about, I don't know, 50, 60 million dollars worth of sales over a couple of weeks. It's nuts. Uh, so yeah. that was that was interesting. Although it wasn't that that was six um, percent of all copies sold. So is that because um, I think that's six percent of all copies sold over a lifetime, not just no, over the I sale. I think that was just during the sales. Because it said, no, it said Steam. Extrapolating from that, it appears Steam spies estimation of five and a half million Rust owners is pretty close to the mark. So I, I think that's six percent of all. Rust sales, not just in um, this batch. Maybe. Either way, yeah. let's not get the truth. Uh, get in the way of a good story. Uh, so, yeah, so I really enjoyed reading that. But it brings to mind, I mean, so lots and lots of people are obviously refunding it. Um, Steam's refund policy is that if you play the game for less than two hours, you can then refund the game, um, uh-huh. which seems pretty generous, I guess, because two hours you can get quite a bit of playtime. I guess it allows you to work it out. I, um, I think it's absolute it's, genius. It's clever. 
so so from my perspective, it's really similar to online shopping, which is like when you buy, um, you know, it used to be that you would buy a dress or clothes or whatever, and it would cost $20 shipping. And if you wanted to send it back, it would cost you another 20 to send it back to the company. And so there was this real sense of risk. And so you'd be much more likely to not buy anything at all. Um, whereas now it's like, okay, well I can buy five things. Three of them might not fit, but I can send them back for free. The bag comes along and it's, it's all free. Um, and so I'm much more likely to take a risk on something online. And I think Steam is doing the exact same thing. Yeah. And I think that's what people have been doing with games. Yeah. And, but I think they're yeah. buying more overall. And, uh, and then it comes into the laziness factor. Yeah. A lot of people can't be bothered yeah. pressing the refund button. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, exactly. Because you've got to put in a request for it and yeah. I, I'm much more likely to try out a game if I know that if I spend 30 bucks and I don't like it, I can get a refund on that. Um, because the thing is, to be honest, most of the time I won't get a refund. I buy a lot of games. I buy a lot of books. I buy a lot of clothes. Like I'm, I only really bother to get a refund if I really genuinely didn't like it. I've never got a refund on a Steam game, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I, I have. I want to jump in here a bit about the refund thing, though. Uh, part of it is because the ACCC took Steam to task and said, you are not complying with Australia's refund policy. Yeah. yeah. And you need to be able to provide refunds for your Australian consumers. And Steam went, okay, shit, let's... They, and then they, then they came out with a refund policy and just pushed it globally because that would probably look better than just going, okay, only Australians get a refund. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm just looking at, and uh, you know, in, in my industry, um, external to, to video games, we offer 60 day refunds on our products. And it is a, you can get in, get all the information that you've paid for. And then if you don't like it after 60 days, money back, no questions asked. Uh, I think two hours of playtime is probably a bit short, but then again, <laughs> you should know whether the game is for you after two hours, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, No Man's Sky was my famous example where I've got it and I'm playing it and the hype was so real that it took me four hours to work out, wait a minute, I've been betrayed uh, along with the you know many <laughs> millions of other people that realized it uh, and it was too late. It was too late <laughs> for me to do anything. And I leave that there installed as a reminder of the folly of pre-order. Yeah. Dark times. Uh, yeah, so that's that's my news, essentially. Uh, it was just the idea of refund. And it's it's good. It, it means people will be risk uh, more, buy more games, be more, uh, I guess, stretch themselves to play new things and try new things. So it's good. Uh, should it be more generous? Maybe. Would people try and exploit it? Maybe. I mean, people are probably already trying to exploit it. Anyway, the, uh, the, they were saying that the refund level skyrocketed during the sales. And I guess that's because people are trying new things uh, or they're just trying to do the dodgy and get the full price after the sale. Who can say? But, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's news over the last... You know, you'd, you'd, the thing is you could buy the game, download it, unlink it from your Steam, get the refund, and you've already got the copy of the game on your hard drive. But the thing is, you know what else you could do? You could download it illegally anyway. So Yeah, well, why waste your time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was looking at an article from 2015 where Octodad, the creators of Octodad, friend of the show, uh, mentioned that when Steam turned on their Steam uh, refunds back in 2015, they saw a 30% return rate on Octodad. Oof, uh, rough. So, and that was for that was just for copies that were purchased during a Steam sale. So I think during a Steam sale, people were like, well, you know what? I'm just going to buy a ton of games because it's really cheap, play a little bit of all of them, don't like them, return them. And... Good on them, I guess. Don't pay money for games you don't want to play. No, well, that's it. Try new things. Uh, I'm all right with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Shall we get on? 
and discuss Sunless Sea. Sunless Sea. Sunless Sea. see from Fell Better Games uh, came out in 2015 and you are a Z captain and Catherine this was your choice for game club you'd already sunk pun intended a number of hours into this game I had so I mean I started playing it because it came up on the poll so like I did start playing it because I knew it was one of our options um, and then I had a quick look and it kind of it, one of the big uh Selling points for me was that it was kind of billed as a very narrative game with lots of kind of um, storylines and things like that, which I always love. Um, and then I lost a fair chunk of my life to it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go through, uh, for, for those of you who didn't play along with us, I know every fortnight you guys, most of you are playing the games with us, I imagine. Sorry. But for those of you who are joining us for the first time, uh, Sunless Sea, you spend most of your time as a boat and you're cruising around this sort of dark, fallen London area, as uh, Catherine mentioned. It's this sunken world. And uh, I believe this is based on the lore and the and the world fell from Fell Better Games' earlier title, funnily enough, I think called Fallen London. Yes, yeah. Yep, called Fallen London. So they've kind of expanded it out. And that game was a lot less of a game. Like it was kind of this weird multiplayer thing with a few storylines. But this is a this is a full game. There's resource management. There's, you know, you can run out of fuel in the middle of the ocean and then you have to sacrifice one of your sailors to like the god of storm. And yeah, it's um it's it's a pretty brutal game. Like before I got my head around it, I killed a few captains. <laughs> And I think that's the point, really, isn't it? That's one of the mechanics. Mm. Yeah, it definitely has yeah. that built yeah. in. It's one yeah. of those uh, sort of roguelite, I think they're called, uh, games yeah. where you kind of you are going to fail, but then you're going to start again. The world will be slightly different, potentially, but you'll be able to sort of continue along, maybe with some upgrades you've earned from your previous playthrough. And in your little ship, you know, potentially you can upgrade your ship, get more guns, go visit different ports, buy and sell things, try and make a bit of money, try not to run out of fuel and or food and eat your crew out on the uh, out on the Z as they call yeah. it. Yeah. And I mean, I found the um, the upgrades from captain to captain really satisfying because it was kind of like you could choose a few of them, but it never felt like cheating. It felt a lot more like, you know, your son after the father was lost at sea had like found the old ship and had like pulled off the gun and like found an old officer that wanted to come along for the ride. And like, it felt like a boost, but it didn't feel like a cheat, if that makes sense. Like there was, you'd put in. It's a clever mechanic. You'd yeah. put in your time, so you felt like you earned it. Yeah. But at the same time, they're actually making your next round easier. Uh, they they died, are and they so. aren't in that like they're making it easier. But the thing is, you start to explore some really full on stuff. Like there were the, the mm. quest that I was getting at the end. So like you start with um twenty five points in most skills. Um, kind of pages and, and mirrors and all of these kind of things that do different stuff at sea. By the time I got to the end of the game, there were checkpoints I was passing that were um, had to have over 125 points. So, like, oh, you, wow. I couldn't have gotten past it without having killed several sea captains, gotten their legacy items, like, done different rewards and different weapons. Like, it, um, there, there was stuff that you could not have gotten if you'd only done one playthrough if that makes sense yeah um it does indeed yeah yeah now i want to 
Do you think the get- oh, I was going to say, yeah. do you want to touch on just how many hours you've you've uh, you've sailed? Uh, how- well, so I think this this touches on a thing where I'd be fascinated to hear how you guys went with it because I've put on maybe a hundred hundred hours into this mm. game. <laughs> Um, I put in at least 10 on the flight from LA back to Melbourne. And honestly, the flight has never gone quicker because I kind of looked up and like it was, you know, we were landing and I was like, but I want to keep exploring the sea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the big difference for me was I actually, um, I was reading reviews of it and kind of older reviews. The big difference was having it on iPad because you could literally what like be playing it while watching TV you kind of set your ship up to sail in a certain direction and then you just let it go and it wasn't that it was a casual game but it was definitely a game that you could do while doing other things on iPad um and so i can't imagine what it would have been like to be like sitting down at a computer to play the game if that makes yeah, sense yeah so that's what that's what i did uh, and for me, I found it a little frustrating uh, for mm. a couple of reasons, but I think we'll get into them a little later. Do we want to kind of talk about what we really enjoyed about yeah, the Yeah, I just want to say I put I, – looking at my GOG now, I'm sitting at eight hours played uh, for Sunless mm-hmm. Sea, and I think that's a decent crack. However, like like you said, Catherine, I did notice towards the, to the end of this fortnight as we're getting close to recording date that I would – when I was first playing, I would crank my speed up to two, the, the highest speed to try and get places because I'm, I'm, you know, I want more story events. I want a thing to happen. I want to get there fast. Sitting there watching my ship slowly sail is really boring. However, once I took it to a, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have it on the side and just go one speed and just chill and just coast through the ocean. I'll get, I'll get to my, my destination eventually. Um, it, it certainly lends itself to doing two things at once, I think. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of the, I was looking at the differences between playing it on computer versus iPad. And like I, for instance, I only have two speeds. I have forward and back. Um, I always got two. Um, and that's because you can't choose unless your ship is like damaged. Um, and it's auto fire. So like a lot of things that in on okay. computer are a little bit fiddlier on iPad. They've, they've obviously had to work with the strictures of touchscreen and all of that stuff, but it's, it's ported really well. And, um, I would go so far as to argue that it is actually a better game on iPad. And there were a few review sites that reviewed the latest iOS release after having played the original in 2015 that were like, yeah, so it's, it's a different game on iPad and it's one I enjoy a lot more. Um, and you know, that's generally pretty rare. Like generally if something's on iPad and PC, like it's, it's not always the better game, (laughs) you know, (laughs) what's happening. That's a sound. Uh, that was that was a little munch. She needed a kiss goodnight. Oh, she's, okay. uh, she's on her way to bed. It was, right. it was delicious. I got some big smiles and she was making shushing noises at me. Okay. Uh, we're going to yeah, cut that. So, we're not. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> <Daniel>. <laughs> so, Catherine, what did you thoroughly enjoy? What kept you playing for 100 hours of Sunless Sea? I mean, so obviously I thoroughly enjoyed almost every aspect of the game. Um, the narrative stuff was great. The, you had a real sense of legacy and story. Um, I really, really liked the random element of the map. So every time you died, obviously you guys didn't play as much as me, but um, every time you died, you could choose to start with a new map. You could continue on with the old map, but you actually got less points from exploring. That's a cool choice. Yeah, yeah cool. um, but, but it actually made it harder because you, you get a lot of um, pages, which are kind of the points-based thing from exploring the map. So it's actually easier in a way if you have a fresh map every time. Mm. Um, yep. 
but it was random, but it was like once you'd played a few games, you'd kind of be like, okay, so this location is always to the east or Empire of the Hands is always right near the edge of the map, but it might be north or south. So you, there actually was a logic to where the cities were and it could vary slightly. But it, again, it was just enough that it was like, ah, oh, I'm pretty sure it'll be here, but I don't know. I actually um, went and read up on the map and how that works. Did you did you do any reading on it? Yeah, yeah, I'll just... Yeah, yeah. I looked at the. Um, I found a map which basically showed all the different areas that stuff could mm. spawn um, from game to game. Um, so again, I think I think it was just such a great design choice in that it wasn't completely random, but it was enough that I would start a new game and be like, I wonder where you know the salt lines are going to be this time, or I wonder where you know the carnate will be if it'll be right to the east or a bit closer. Like. Um, Again, just such, I mean, so many good design choices for a game that is is meant to be that you die and restart consistently. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, like I had games where I was sitting on a lot of gold, I had a lot of stuff, and I deliberately chose to end my captain's mm. life or, like, you know, get, get a quest through so that I could start a new one. Um, which is not common for me. That's like, that's really rare. Yeah, I don't think I yeah. can think of a game where I've on purpose destroyed my built-up character. Well, because that's the thing. It wasn't destroying. It was like, oh, cool, I've, I've achieved my legacy. Like, you know, I've hmm. found this mystery and I've done that thing. And if I restart, I'll pass on something to my next captain. So, yeah, it was just a very satisfying game. The things I didn't like, are we going to that now? No, or, no, no. Um, what, no? Ch- okay. Charles, yeah. what did you like yeah. about the game? Yeah, uh, so I liked the aesthetics of the game, uh, particularly. That was that was really cool. So the it's very dark and, and very different in the way it approaches things. There's bats all over the place, uh, and I guess you know your monsters and whatnot are usual. But the the differences between I guess the locations that you come to, uh, and the map is only so limited in where you can go. But uh, I just thought the way they approached what was essentially a ship floating around the ocean, uh, the aesthetically made it very pleasing uh, and satisfying to do as you discovered new areas. Uh, so I thought I thought that was really great. And obviously the narrative was fantastic. So you'd, you'd turn up to a location just so the uh, listeners get an idea and uh, a screen would open when you dock uh, and you can choose different things to do while you're there. And that brings up different narrative paths uh, and different stories that you can choose little directions to go. So it's almost like a, a choose your own adventure at each port you get to with choices depending on, and it gives you a kind of chance on, on whether you'll be successful or what the odds are of you succeeding in the path you choose in the story as you go. So that was, that was super clever. I, um, I actually listened to a different podcast that not that any other podcast exists besides this one that had the writer, uh, for this game or one of the freelance writers for this game, uh, on, and we're talking to her about her experiences for writing for this game and how much she just thoroughly enjoyed it and was allowed to be just let loose. Uh, and go to town, uh, which which had its good and its bad points. Uh, but certainly uh, there was a lot of enjoyable narrative in there that I think you could play it for 100 hours and still not see everything it had to offer uh, in that area. And that is impressive for, for a, what is an indie game, an indie game that is just so impressive. I want to touch on the, and you've been speaking about the narrative, and I want to give the the listeners an idea, or sort of a, a ballpark idea. If you have read, sort of, and I've heard this comparison before with Sunless Sea, Terry Pratchett, um, that it has sort of a whimsy to this fantasy world that mm. also is kind of modern in certain ways, 
obviously there's a steam engine it's almost not quite steampunk but uh, has that you know the steam engine you're burning coal you're going around in boats but also there's a hp lovecraft cthulhu-esque the the terrors of the deep will drive you mad yeah yeah, yeah it's very hp lovecraft um it's also a little bit china medieval so he writes a lot of things with kind of alternate london or dark london um a, a kind of very well known sci-fi writer who is hugely influenced by hp lovecraft and you know there aren't many games where i i play them and it makes me want to go read a science fiction novel um, or makes me feel a lot of the things I feel from reading a good, you know, sci-fi fantasy novel. Um, but I definitely got that out of this game. I mean, clearly narrative games are my jam, um, but it was still a good game. That's the thing. Like there was great story, but also like you had to be super careful about fuel management and money management and kind of, you know, killing something at the right time so that you could bring it to this place. And um, it was a good game as well as being a good story it's be both. <laughs> to follow on what you're saying the the writing is great but be prepared to read because yeah, so we can transition there's into no voiceover that we're, that we're not so yep. great now uh please go on dan well i think i think it's not that it's not so great i think it's just you need to be prepared i i loved reading this but i needed to be in the mood to read uh, and and when you are in the mood to read, you are rewarded for it because there is these great stories that catch you off guard. You, know, you go speak to the sisters and you go have tea with them and they tell you a crazy messed up story. And just the descriptions of her hair are insane. You know, oh, you know, it's mm. it's she's got a nest for her hair. It, it looks like bats may be living in it. You're not sure. And, you know, it's written to you in that way, sort of describing the feelings of your captain. Uh, and I thought that was really cool. As well as I came across an island where there was a warring uh, rats versus guinea pigs. And just that <laughs> whole awesome. interaction was uh, was yep. incredible. And and you can, like, as, as someone that's played through a few times, like, sometimes I've sided with the rats, sometimes I've sided with the guinea pigs. You either try and build up the rat empire <laughs> and then eventually other places try and invade and you have to give them advice. And then, I mean, the first time I tried to help out the rats, I made the wrong choice and I came back <laughs> and the island was empty and they'd all died. And I was... <laughs> Like, I'm sorry, rat people. <laughs> what have I done? You betrayed like, the rat people. Like, they worshipped me, kind of. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 So, I mean, but that said, I made different choices when I found the rat island on the next playthrough. If you were a god, that's how your people would end up uh, <laughs> destroyed. Uh, betrayed? Yeah, and betrayed, I mean, you're not wrong. So. <laughs> betrayed and destroyed. Yeah. I made, um, some, I made some errors as well. Yeah. And I was talking to Catherine about this before the show. The the smiling man or the shady man in London, mm -hmm. who's sort of a really good underworld contact that you can speak to. Uh, it's he, he ends up giving you certain missions that are a bit shady, of course, because he's you know under underworld sort of guy. And one of them was go buy this thing for us. Here's the money. Bring it back. Don't get caught. Don't lose the item. Don't even step foot in London again without the item. And like an idiot, I left London, did like a short hop, came back to London, and he's like, where's my thing? And I'm like, oh, crap. And it just locked you out? <laughs> I had to fight it. I know. I either had to fight him or pay him money back with interest. And after paying him back the money with interest, <laughs> I just never spoke, never got to speak to him again. Yeah, so it locked wow. me out of that entire quest That's chain. a ballsy choice from a game just to lock you out of so much uh, mm. content. I guess, though, because <laughs> it has that... You know, you will die, you and your, your yeah, exactly. Your your child will will maybe finish that quest line or start that quest line again, and, and not fuck it up. 
And I mean, like, look, on, on second playthroughs, all of the early stage stuff, I was so much quicker at. Like, all of the things that the first time around I'd read so carefully, once I'd done those quest lines, obviously, I'm like, yep, I'm going to go to Salt Lines, do this, do this, do this. And it. so you definitely do start to skip those earlier stages to get into kind of the end and maybe, game content. Maybe that was my issue. When I was approaching this game, I was looking for a, a game. Uh, I was coming in with game mentality and I was ready to play a game. But I guess when I want to read a book, it's a very different feeling. I'm in a much more relaxed mood. I'm looking for something different. Mm. And maybe you have to approach this game in the sense that the same style you would approach a book uh, in that relaxed kind of more laid back nature to enjoy the flow of the narrative and not rush into achieving stats or which is what I was trying to do. I was trying to achieve missions really fast and get things done. And I think that's what caused my frustration. And that's a thing where I think playing it on a tablet is such a different experience. Cause like, I, I really do think the optimal way to play this game is sitting watching TV, chilling out and just playing it on your iPad. Cause it's literally like you set the ship, to, you know, point in a certain direction and then it just goes mm. in that direction for a while and you don't handy. do anything. And it's like, that's not, yeah. And that's a thing on a computer that would really frustrate me. But on an iPad, it's like, that's cool. I can, I can sit and do that. Like, yeah. Another thing I really enjoyed about this is how you, when you collect items or no, not even just items, but when you collect things that don't have, don't take up space in your holds, like you chat to someone and they give you a scary story <laughs> or a blood curdling tale and it becomes a little card in your inventory cool. and it tells you how many of those you have and you can trade them as if they're physical objects, which obviously makes no sense. You know, when you think about it, you could tell that story to 10 people, but the fact that you can trade this story to someone, they'll give you some fuel, some supplies and a bit of money um, was just this really cool aspect um, mm. of, of the game, obviously gamifying it a bit, but it's it's similar stuff that I've done in, in tabletop games, which I, I really like. So I I uh, I lost about four captains really quickly in my first sort of half an hour of playing <laughs> before I got into my groove. Yep. Yeah, I, I lost maybe three normal? or four. Yeah, I lost three or four where it's like, I'm going to sail and I'd have like one fuel and then the ship would sink. I'd be like, I've made a mistake. <laughs> I was um, I was but, super paranoid when I started playing. So I got about two hours in and then I had to walk away from the game and I just didn't have time to come back. But I actually didn't die within those first two hours because I think I was so paranoid and focused on fuel and food uh, mm. as my background's logistics. That's, that's all important. That's everything. Uh, there's no time for stories. I'm worried about fuel, which may again... Maybe I was once again. Maybe I was looking at the game from the wrong perspective. Uh, but I was convinced that fuel and cult and food was so important. But maybe dying oh, is okay. They definitely think, are. It's just yeah. yeah. It's it really is a thing where if you die, it's it's almost a relief in that you can start again and you're like, this time <laughs> I'll do it mm. differently. Yeah, and then you don't if you're dead. But then, yeah. then maybe the next yeah. time, especially because <laughs> I've read parts of that book and and this is. Uh, bleeding a little bit into things I didn't like or just things I wasn't very good at because it was so narrative and I was hooked on the on the narrative of it. At some points, I didn't realize how that translated into the game mechanics. So they're saying, hey, go out and get port reports. And I thought, I have no idea how to do that. Mm. But then, you know, it turns out that it's incredibly simple. You go to each port and there's essentially a button yeah. you click that will mm. give you a port report. You take it back. They'll give you some money, some fuel uh, for your time. And that's how you sort of can really get started and, mm. and uh, while you're doing other things still when you go back to London you'll be able to sort of resupply and refuel you never run uh, out completely so you, 
Well, I mean, yeah, you say you never ran it, run out, <laughs> well, but I certainly did no run out a couple if, of times. If you do it the right way, like no matter how far you explore, you've as long as you stop at cities along the way, when you go back to London, you'll always get, you know, between five to ten fuel. And also keeping those supplies up so that your um, your crew members don't have to eat each other. Although I did get the stone, the finished men, the stone, mm-hmm. the golem guys. Yep. Uh, and so they reduce the maximum amount of people I need on my... I, or maximum amount of crew I can have, which in turn means there's less mouths to feed, which was really less handy. Less people to if eat. You run out of, <laughs> yeah, less people well, that too. Because uh, if... In the PC version, if you drop below half crew, you can only move at one speed. So you can't move it. iPad's the same. So, so like it's just that you can't choose to move at one. It's you, or it automatically does that for you if you drop below a certain number of crew. Interesting, because I found that, uh, and from reading online, people were saying if you move at speed one, you actually use up less fuel um, for the duration of your yeah. journey. I mean, they obviously had to. Compared to how fast you go. However, then you consume more supplies because you're out at mm. sea longer. Uh, so it's sort of that, that balance. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be fascinated to play a little bit of the version on the computer and see what the differences are because um, there were just things that, like, clearly normally you could fiddle with a bit on the computer one that iPad that were just like, no, nah, we're just going to automate this for you because you can't do this on an iPad. Mm. which is a great mm. choice uh, and actually makes and, and it, it, the note there is that sometimes more simplified mechanics make for a better mm. game uh, and I think we often forget that uh, but something to keep in yeah. mind uh, I guess we'll, we're running out of time yeah. we're trying to keep it under an hour so I guess we'll move towards the idea of do you think it is a must play indie game oh, uh, what, what about what we didn't like oh, we didn't I, like I think we've have we not covered no, that no, no we okay. didn't cover it sure no. there's a few yeah, yeah Catherine go for it <laughs> Uh, so, so what I don't like about the game or what I had kind of trouble with was there are all these references scattered throughout to, you know, like things like the pirate poet and stuff like that. And it's only available on the PC version and they don't know oh, when it will come out to the iOS. That sucks. And, you know, and then there's, there's been some DLC that's just been announced for the, um, the submarine, which looks amazing. And there were all of these ports on the map. Um, and, the ports were only available if you had the submarine, but there's no clue of when that's going to happen. Oh, oh. <laughs> there's some sadness going on. Uh, <laughs> things that I didn't enjoy were probably that there was a lack of tutorial, I guess. Um, and it's quite a different game and quite unique in the way that it approaches certain game mechanics and ideas. So I really needed a little more, a little more help, I guess, from the start. Uh, and that shows that my, was a wi- tutorial. my weakness as a gamer. Uh, if I had been playing Pong <laughs> trained as a 10-year-old, maybe I would have been fine. Um, the, the tu- I don't think the tutorial covered the game mechanics enough enough okay yeah i got yep. lost but maybe that's the point maybe yep. it wants to give you the idea and the, it is i mean i think definitely lost. your your unwillingness to die like i think mm. you thought of his death as a much bigger thing than it actually is yep. like um it's it's definitely okay to die <laughs> okay good to know good to know I, I, yeah. after this I'd, I'd probably like to go at it again actually and then have another shot so play mm. it on your ipad this time yeah maybe i will maybe i will mm. I had some issues in in the similar vein as Charles with I would get into combat and I felt like combat hadn't been explained to me and I'd read most of that book and really didn't get it and I didn't realise why all my shots were missing and it turns out you need to wait until your firing solution is complete or at least the more completed is the higher chance you have of hitting Mm. whereas I just thought, oh, I'm behind them 
it's counting up. That must just be a cooldown timer. So I can just spam my shots as fast as I can. Turns out that's not the case. And I lost, I think that was one of the reasons why a crab dragged me to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> that will happen. And again, it, another example, all of that was automated for me on the iPad. So like I was taking down the golden dynasty warships that are right out near the edge of the map and things. And it's like, that was hard. And those were the things that kind of killed me a couple of times, but with everything else, it's just like, as soon as my shot was ready, you could press to make it go quicker. But other than that, it just fired for me. Um, again, because I think on the iPad, they had to they had to make something simpler. Mm. Yeah, because you don't have the buttons like one, two, three, four to mm, exactly to, uh, to to change your weapons. And you know, one of the terrible things about being you know out on the open sea and it's Z with a Z. Uh, is that yeah you run out of supplies but uh and it's it's kind of lonely out there and we haven't really touched on the fact that the music in this game was really incredible mm, yeah, uh, yeah that's I, a thing. really really added to to the atmosphere uh made you feel alone and really made me want to i mean i loved listening to it but i felt alone and lost and that time out at sea is probably like a really good time to be able to just chew through an audiobook and so if mm. you want to get a free audiobook, you can go to audibletrial.com slash gameclub. <laughs> Worked it in, Charles. <laughs> I, I, keep, I keep doubting that you'll get it in, and you do every time. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Good well work. Done. <laughs> so Audible's got a free trial just for listeners. I, I know you guys probably listen to this every episode, but head to audibletrial.com slash gameclub. You can get a free audiobook of your choice. And uh, it's after that, it's only 15 bucks a month uh, to continue, and you get a new free or you get it not free you get a new audio book every month i'm on that subscription and we've been suggesting many uh many books to listen to but uh Catherine, would you have a suggestion we'll just do uh, one suggestion yes, for yep, uh mine, mine would be uh jonathan strange and mr norell because it's kind of set in the 1800s which kind of feels like about the same time as as this and um oh sorry 1900s um and just kind of oldie style alternate England. So I think it'd be really good to pair some Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell with some um, Sunless Sea. Excellent. And we'll step uh, step on shore, step away from the, uh, the pay-to-win store there and back into the fallen London, into the Z. Uh, is there any final thoughts on the games that you guys, uh, that you guys had? It is. Well, I mean, if, if we're asking if it's a must-play, um, yeah. obviously for me it is. <laughs> Oh yeah, sure. obviously. Yeah, I think I think we got the gist. Uh, final thoughts, for me. I, I think you've got to approach this game with a different attitude, uh, and that's, I mean, saying a lot. Uh, I don't think I've ever said that for a game before. You've just really got to think about what you're doing when you're in there and why you're doing it, and not approach it like a regular game. And I think your enjoyment uh, will be far greater. Excellent. I would definitely recommend this game if you're happy with reading. I do know some of our fans some of our listeners do prefer things read to them uh and prefer that dialogue all voiced but there's just so much rich word here that uh i think you should really just get in there and and give it a chance so we'll move 
move on to game recommendations. Uh, we'll just breeze through these pretty quickly. Uh, Catherine, you've got some recommendations? Yeah, so I mean, um, if you liked this game, I would definitely recommend the um, other game by the same studio, Fallen London. I actually downloaded it off the strength of this game um, and found it really fun. Um, also, don't starve, just partially because of resource management and then kind of that slightly off-kilter you know, old and styly type thing. Um, and then the Banner Saga, um, just because it's kind of a top down, that's, that is pretty different, but is also very narrative rich. Um, and so kind of, I think would be a good, a good choice. Uh, I would recommend, and I've got it in my notes here, uh, FDL Faster Than Light, which was one of the uh, roguelike games that was in our poll to choose from between this, Papers Pleased, and uh, FTL. And again, you're the captain of a ship. It's a little bit different. It's more combat orientated. But each jump you do, you do have to make decisions, kind of like you do in uh, in Sunless Sea. Uh, and the game I'm going to recommend, recommend is Rimworld, uh, which is kind of a colony building game, I guess. Um, but it has wonderful little story bits and each kind of colony is different and you do die a lot and that's fine. You learn lessons as you go uh, and interesting things happen each time. You certainly wouldn't want to just have one colony. Uh, you want to try out multiple. Excellent. All right, so that's wrapped it up. Go buy uh, uh, Sea. It is on GOG.com. It is on uh, iTunes and it is on Steam, but before you go, we do have a quiz this week. We do. So this is the captain's test. I'm going to name a ship, a famous ship, and you're going to have to tell me who is the captain of that ship. Oh god, okay. Yeah, right. Uh, Each... Each each score, as per usual, is going to be worth three points, uh, with... Maybe bonus points or lesser points if you can only get part of it or, or something Definitely like that. Definitely bonus points for random things. Here we go. Yep. Cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, and it's whoever gets first, although uh, if you have your guess, stick with it. If neither of you can get it, we'll let you guys have a second <laughs> guess. Uh, the first ship is the Queen Anne's Revenge. Queen Anne. What the hell, man? I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say something John on the basis Ooh. that all the captains are named John. <laughs> no, I'm going to give you a hint. It is a famous pirate ship. That book. With a famous Blackbeard. pirate. Blackbeard. It is Blackbeard. Oh, it's the only Three pirate points you know. It's the only pirate ever. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is okay. the only pirate I know. <laughs> and the Johnny Depp pirate. <laughs> that's, that's Another. I can't even remember his name. Okay, so three points to Catherine. And uh, however many of you are playing at home, if you got it before Catherine, send uh, you know send You're us a, a letter. You're better than me. Well done. Okay, another famous pirate ship, uh, but this one isn't historical. It is. I'll give you the hint that it is uh, from a story. I'm feeling Johnny Depp coming on. Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah. <laughs> the Jolly Roger. Uh, no, it's the squid. Captain Jack Sparrow. Is it the squid guy? Oh, the squid, squid man. Guy. Jeffrey Rush. Squidly. Squid. Squidly Jeffrey squid Rush. Face. <laughs> nope. Oh. Uh, what were the other ships in? It is a it is a Disney property. Oh, um, Captain Hook. Wait, say it again. Captain Hook, oh, Charles and Three Points. Oh, yes. Fuck. Fuck you, man. <laughs> wow, that's cold. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I feel really strongly about the really quiz. Really <laughs> strongly. Right. I really want to beat you at this one too. Uh, You've never beaten me. I'm undefeated. Oh, I shouldn't I say this. I just don't think that's true. We may have to yes, go back and find that out. This next ship Fine. is. A Firefly class ship named Serenity. Oh, um, Mal, Mal. <laughs> Wait, no, isn't that the pilot? Give, can you give no, me Mal. his? Can you give me his actual um, name? 
Is it Jack? Uh, or Charles? Jack is something or another. No, his name is Mal. That is his name. Uh, Motherfucker. I'm going to give Catherine two points because it's actually Captain Malcolm Reynolds. Ah, oh, Malcolm Reynolds. You can't just call him Mal. The Everyone is, his name in the show is Mal. People call Catherine. him Mal. You don't give nicknames to Catherine. <laughs> show some respect for the rank. Well, it's 5B3, Charles, so <laughs> suck it. Give me some bonus points, man. Give me something. Something right. to win back. Next up. Yep. Next up. We have uh, the Starship USS Enterprise. Oh, Captain Kirk. Captain Picard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to Charles. Yes. Uh, I'll give Charles two points because it's actually Captain James Tiberius Kirk. <laughs> Tiberius, what a strong name. Yeah. Uh, would all right, would you have more. accepted William Shatner? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> we got two more. Um, so hopefully we it's don't have a five. Oh, geez. This is tense. Uh, now, this is a whaling ship named the Picard. Oh, the Moby Dick guy. Um, ca- um, Captain Ahmed. Dick Ahmed. Moby. <laughs> Captain Ahmed? <laughs> Not quite. This is so embarrassing for you because you're like a writing Are you a person. Teacher? Well, you teach like in, literature and history. I have my own thoughts this about the importance of literature. <laughs> so, is that Potter your final answer? Ahab. No, Ahab. Ahab. Oh, Captain, Captain Ahab. Ahab. Definitely is. Yes. That is definitely it. Three All points right, for Catherine. Last, last one for Charles to even it up, and then we'll see uh, uh, where we go from there. Yeah. Um, oh, the HMS Endeavour. Oh, the Endeavour. <laughs> That's not Captain Bly, is it? Nope. It's Captain James yeah. Cook. Captain Cook, it is. <laughs> yes. Two Captain Cooks. Uh, <laughs> Where you get hook? Same, same. <laughs> 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 All right, final both, one, tiebreaker, tiebreaker question. They landed in a new land, took over things. <laughs> there was a terrorism <laughs> thing, I don't know. Oh, like it's political. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's not, let's not ready go for the tiebreaker? Yep. To finish it up, to win the match, who's the captain on the Avengers? Oh, um, captain Star-Lord. America. Captain America. Captain America. Oh, wait, Avengers. Captain America. Captain takes it out. Yeah, well done. <laughs> it's not a ship. <laughs> My guy was a shit champion. Guy. <laughs> well done, Catherine. Well done. Well done, Catherine. Yeah, you're 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 welcome. It's hard being a winner all the time, but I manage it. You definitely know your captains. <laughs> I do. Slash this kind of don't. <laughs> all right. So we wrap up here. Thanks for listening, uh, and thanks for subscribing, sharing this podcast with a friend. Next game on Game Club. It's going to be drum roll. It is going to be papers, please. Woohoo! So check out Love papers, please. Some... It was the runner-up in our poll, and uh, so we're going to get some border protection going. Yes, finally. Yeah. I've always some wanted to. Some Soviet protection. era. <laughs> Those refugees some... not getting past me. I'm very excited about this game. Yeah. Um, so you've got I until the seventeenth be... to play. Okay. I will be playing it on my iPad. Just the normal plug for um, if anyone wants to play along with me, it is a lot easier to to get a game and play it casually while you're on the tram. I'm going to do it, Kevin. I'm actually going to play a game on my iPad. I'm excited. Yeah, good. I'm work. a purist. I'm going to play it on Steam. <laughs> yeah, good. It's actually a little bit. I've played it on both. It's a little bit easier on Steam. Well, let's not go into so. a review, people. Ooh. That's for next time. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so thank you very much again. Uh, we we've got a very secret special game lined up for later in July. Uh, that Catherine is also very very passionate. Passionate is the word. Passionate, I think. Yeah, her loins are just gagging for it, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and okay. there's the writing of this show. <laughs> there's the explicit rating on the show. Thanks, I didn't say the C word this time. <laughs> Please join us. Uh, so proud. Join us in our Facebook group. Ch- chuck us a review on iTunes and tweet at the show at Game Club Cast, the only game club you'll need. <laughs> Better than all. When other you're games. out on this sailing yeah. on the Z. Yeah. Farewell, everybody. Don't eat your crew. <laughs> Good advice. Bye.